0: You're the strength of my life. You're the strength of my life. Do you feel that way about Jesus? Breathe on me and make me new. You're the strength of my life. Last week, we personally and as a church family made a commitment to Almighty God to walk in His holiness and to live daily with the awareness of the soon return of Jesus Christ. Walking in that daily takes discipline, takes strength, takes courage, takes stamina, takes what a... One of my high school teachers used to say all the time to the class, you got to have stick to Now, I don't know if that's a word or not, but... But I got what he meant, <laughs> and uh, sometimes our stick-to-itiveness is kind of like some of the old superglues you used to get. It was a superglue for a little while, and then pretty soon it would just crumble, and whatever was stuck together <laughs> fell apart. And sometimes our stick-to-itiveness doesn't, doesn't hang in there. Sometimes we, we face the reality that things that God has done in our heart and commitments that we've made to him slip through our fingers, don't they? We, we get distracted. The busyness of life or dealing with the stuff of life distracts us and, and we get we get days and sometimes weeks and even sometimes months down the road and and then we remember what what happened to that it, it feels like it dissipated some way And dear ones, we got to stay on target with that commitment we made last week. That commitment that as a child of God in in this hedonistic, relativistic, postmodern culture, we're going to live above the fray. We're going to live a life of holiness and purity that is counterculture. And, and we're gonna live with an awareness that any moment Jesus could appear in the clouds and in a twinkling of an eye, we're gone. Now, I don't know how fast a twinkling of an eye is. I, I, heard, I heard one teacher say, that according to new computer stuff, it's a nanosecond. I can't imagine what a nanosecond is, but apparently that's really fast. So somebody knows. They probably just looked it up on their phone. Jesus is coming again. Amen. Amen. And, and we we do not want, we do not want the things that God's doing in our life to slip away. What he said in Hebrews chapter 2. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Amen. Amen. Don't, we don't want to be there. We don't want to be that. Okay? Now, how many here, and this is not a rhetorical question, how many here believe God wants you to live the blessed life? Okay, amen. Okay. About 30 of you didn't raise your hand. What what do you think? No, never mind. (laughs) Now, I'm, I'm gonna ask it again, but this time, It is rhetorical, and I want you to respond in your heart. How many of you just answered, I know God wants to bless his people? I'm asking you, do you know God wants you to live the blessed life? That's his desire. I forgot to bring my pointer today. Are you going to be able to read without the bouncing little ball? I don't know if you can do that or not. I left my pointer laying on my, on my, on my nightstand. Go to the next slide for me. Look, look at what God said to Abraham. This was God's words to Abraham. Would you read it out loud with me, please, everyone together? Now the Lord had said to Abram... Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you, and all your families of the earth shall be blessed. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. That was God's promise to Abraham. Now, look what God said to Abraham's descendants, and this is going to take about four slides, but let's read it together. This is in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 28, beginning at verse 1, reading down through verse 14. Let's all read it together. Now, it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God... To observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth, and in these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you, because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Stop. I want you to read that again, this this part we just read, okay, and um, where he says, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. In the Hebrew, that literally means all these blessings will run after you and tackle you and come upon you. How many would like to have the blessings of God chasing you? Hmm. That's his promise. Let's continue now. Blessed shall you be in the city. Blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, and the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall be you. Excuse me. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven. Stop. Someone needs that right now. You have been cowering because the enemy has been beating up on you. And God says, the enemy that comes and attacks you, he's gonna be defeated before your face. And they may come against you one way. They're going to flee from you seven. Oh, that's a good promise. Amen. Amen. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all to which you set your hand. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God has given you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself just as he has sworn to you. If you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. Then all peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body, in the increase of your livestock, and the produce of your ground, in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give the rain to your land in its sea of the words which I command you this day, to the right or the left left to go after other gods to serve them. Amen. Now please allow me a moment. I have felt very impressed by the Lord that I need to say something this morning. And I'm not saying this as a political statement. I'm saying this as a principle of God's word, a spiritual statement. America was the most blessed nation on earth. And we were the most prosperous nation. We were not a debtor nation until we turned our back on God. And today, America is the most debtor nation in the world. You're going to read somewhere like 24 to $26 trillion in debt. But when you are not a debtor, we were blessed. We were blessed. Now, i got to share something with you. Socialism is not a biblical principle. Now, even the, the church even tried socialism. Read Acts chapter 6, and you'll see how it was working not very well and they had to turn away from it that's why the apostle paul wrote to the church at thessalonica in second thessalonians chapter three and he said if a man will not work neither shall he eat socialism doesn't work ask the people in venezuela ask the people in north korea Go talk with the people in Hong Kong right now. Ask them if they want socialism. Write to my daughters and my, and my covenant sons over in Croatia. Ask them how they like socialism. It's true. Since they, since they quote unquote, broke away from communism, they just took on a, a socialism, not a communism. They took on a Socialism. And yeah, their economy has increased some. The, the, the cost of living in Croatia today is the same as in the USA. In fact, in some, in some ways, it's more. The cost of living is more. But the average Croat makes 800 to 900 US dollars a month living in an economy that is as expensive as ours. Can you imagine raising your family on eight to nine hundred a month? That's socialism. You see, socialism just makes everyone equally poor, except for, of course, the elite, and they get unbelievably wealthy. That's what socialism is all about control the masses while a select few build unbelievable wealth and control. That's what socialism is about. God did not mean for man to live under socialism. God meant for every person to be blessed and to prosper according to their gifts and their skills that he has given to them. Of course that's not equal. There are those who are very blessed craftsmen and wonderful builders. You don't want me to build a doghouse for you. It will fall down and kill your dog. <laughs> but on the other hand, I do some other things really, really well. Cuz that's where God gifted me. I remember in 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 Middle school and in high school, you'd have to take these aptitude tests. And in the aptitude tests, all the things that had to do with working with your hands, I was at the bottom. All the things that had to do with people skills and using your mouth, I was at the top. Because <laughs> God knew what he called me for, created me for, amen? Amen. And See, he wants everyone to prosper and to be blessed according to the gifts and skills he's given to them as they walk in obedience to him because God will give you the power to get wealth and that works best in a free nation, in a nation of liberty where the government is not controlling it. Now, God wanted me to say that to you because of what he's saying to us. I want you to walk and live blessed. That's my design for you. Look at what he went on to say in Psalm 1. I could quote this to you, but rather than quote it, let's read it together, everyone together. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. God means for you to be blessed and to prosper. Now, I am not preaching to you a prosperity gospel. I'm not asking you to go out and start confessing Cadillacs and Mercedes and 20,000 square foot homes. Your wife doesn't want to clean that big of a house, sir. (laughs) What I'm saying to you Is God doesn't want you living barely getting by either? God doesn't want you struggling emotionally, mentally. That's not his desire. Our our body gets old and wears out. We go through seasons of pain. That's just that's just normal. My body creaks and groans at times. There's times I get in the chair and I start to get out, my body says, What are you doing? That comes with being 71. So what? It's okay. Because I got a new body coming. And that was never going to get old, baby. That's going to be so fun. What I want to know is, is it going to have hair? (laughs) God wants us blessed. But I hear people say this. I've had pastors say this to me. Well, brother, but that's all Old Testament, and that was for Abraham and his descendants, for the Jewish people. That's not for us. Stop a second. Let's go to the New Testament. Let's see what the New Testament says. Everyone together, ready? Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Having become a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. Whoa, stop a minute. Did you see that? Let's read it again. That the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. Whoa, that means Genesis chapter 12, Deuteronomy chapter 28, Psalm 1, that's all for us. Yes, yes. I want you to stop right now and say, that is for me. Yes. Come on, that's for me in my heart. God wants me blessed. Yes. Yes. Of course, we got to finish that. You ready? And it goes on and says, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Amen. Amen. This is God's desire. This is God's plan. But, dear ones, we have to be diligent on our part with it. God has blessed us, but we have to be diligent on our part. We have to do those things that will cause those blessings to be nourished and to flourish in our life. Did you notice God said, if? If. God said that. I didn't say that. God said that. If. Okay, okay. And we looked last, uh, a couple of weeks ago at three things that we got to do. Go ahead and go to the next slide because we got to do these three things. Here we go. Ready? First is we got to understand the components of Abraham's blessings are for you. Those components are for you. I will bless you. You shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. In you, all families of the earth shall be blessed. Now, when you take those four things and you realize those are for your life, and we're going to come back to those next week and the week after, understanding that you know what that means? God means for everyone you work around, they should be blessed because you're there. Your employer, your business owner, they should be blessed because you are there. We're going to talk about that. But look what we must do. Now, that's God's blessing to us. Look what we must do. In Matthew 13, 1 to 23, we've got to make sure that we give the seed of those blessings good soil to be planted in. That It's often called the parable of the sower. It's not about the sower. He's only mentioned once. It's all about the seed and the ground. That's what it's about. It's about our heart. We gotta make sure our heart is good soil for those blessings to be planted in so they can nourish and flourish. 2nd Deuteronomy 28, we gotta obey him. We gotta have a heart to obey him. And then Psalm 1, we gotta delight in the law of the Lord and in it meditate day and night. We gotta stop listening to the counsel of the ungodly. Can I tell you, this, just, just, this is free of charge this is just to bless you free of charge. Okay. Would you, would you turn off some of the stuff you listen to a little bit less TV, a little bit less rock music in, in country music, a little bit less of those talking heads and give a little bit more time to the word of the living God, because it is spirit and it is life. Amen. 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 Aren't you glad you came today? Yes. Amen. Now look here, but that's not enough. Look what he said. The first part we looked at carefully, the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles through Christ Jesus. But look at that last part, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Yes. Amen. We not only have to have good soil, I don't only have to walk in obedience, I don't only have to delight in the law of the Lord, but we have got to learn how to live in the dynamic of the Holy Spirit. We've got to learn how to live in the dynamic of the Holy Spirit? We've got to learn how to live in the dynamic of the Holy Spirit. Now, some will say, well, I got Jesus, I'm born again. But see, walking in the dynamic of the Holy Spirit is not just about being born again. Romans chapter eight, verse nine, says to us, if we have not the Spirit of Christ, we're none of his. And the very next The very next couple of verses says, but if that same Spirit, which raised Jesus from the dead, dwells in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. When we're born again, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells inside of us. What he talked about in Titus chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, when he said, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his Spirit. According to his grace, (laughs) we have been born again by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. When we're born again, the Holy Spirit raises us to resurrection life, and the Holy Spirit comes and dwells in our heart. That's being born again. But in Luke 24, 49, Jesus talked about something else. I have it up on the screen, but it's in such small letters. You can't read it. It says, Behold, I send the promise of the Father upon you. Wait in Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. The promise of the Father come upon you, endued with power. And the Greek word, therefore, endued, literally means to put on a jacket. Now, what are we talking about? In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he says, But you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And so we're talking about a second work of Holy Spirit in our life. When we're born again, he comes and dwells in us. But when we're baptized in the Holy Spirit... He comes upon us. He clothes us. We wear him for what reason? That we might have supernatural power. Folks, if we're going to live in the dynamic of the Holy Spirit, we not only need to have him living in us, we have to have him upon us, his power upon us, so that we are living and moving and having our being in the power and dynamic of Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit guiding us. Holy Spirit giving us wisdom. Holy Spirit giving us the the five spiritual senses so we can discern the things around us and discern right and wrong and discern situations so we can see life from God's perspective. That's wisdom. And so that we can know how to apply God's principles to that situation. That's understanding. And so that we can begin to learn at a deeper level the principles and the precepts of God's word. That's knowledge. That all comes from Holy Spirit. But not only that, God wants the gifts of the Spirit working through our life so that we have words of wisdom and words of knowledge. That's Holy Spirit giving to us supernatural wisdom, supernatural knowledge. Things that we could not know by the natural mind, things that we have not learned by the natural mind, suddenly Holy Spirit gives to us words of wisdom, words of knowledge. He wants us to be able to do works of miracles. He wants us to have the gifts of healing, different kinds of healings because we deal with different kinds of diseases and and, uh, people have different kinds of hurts and wounds in their life. So we need gifts, plural, of healings working in our life. We need to have word of, not only the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom, we need to have the gift of prophecy so that we can speak words of edification, exhortation, and comfort. Boy, I gotta tell you, in today's world, there is so much animosity. There is so much animosity and you, you hear it everywhere. And and even, even in the, the, the jokes and the cartoons and what is supposed to be called comedy. It is so vulgar and it, is, it has so much animosity in it. I want to tell you the church ought to be a source of edification, exhortation, and comfort. So in the workplace, you're not joining in with the backbiting and the gossip and the criticalness and the, of, of your employers and of, and of the people around you, but instead you're speaking words that bring life exactly what Paul said in Colossians chapter excuse me in Ephesians chapter 4 when he said i want my mouth only to speak those things that will edify and build up yes. amen? amen holy spirit power see god wants to teach us how to have holy spirit power but you know we have a problem we have a problem and the problem is this is minimized in the church today This is minimized in the church today, right right across the church, not just just in those denominations that have not taught the baptism of the Holy Spirit with speaking in other tongues, but even across, this is minimized even across Pentecostal circles today. It's minimized. And you know why it's minimized? It's minimized because to live in the dynamic of the Holy Spirit, you can't party in the world. The apostles said, "He gives the Holy Spirit to those who walk in holiness." So we, when we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit in our life, if we're going to continue to walk in that power and dynamic, we we got to walk in holiness. Yeah. We got to walk in purity. Suddenly it got quiet. We're like, "Where's all the amens?" Yeah. <laughs> See, that's, that's the problem, and I'm convinced that's one of the reasons that we're not seeking it like we used to. We're not thirsty and hungry for it like we used to, because when Holy Spirit starts getting close and starts getting near, and when you start walking in the dynamic of Holy Spirit and you want him moving in your life and in your power, he starts digging deeper, and I get that. I know exactly what I'm talking about, because over the last few months, I've been saying, Holy Spirit, I want more. Holy Spirit, I want more. Well, the more I say, Holy Spirit, I want more, the more he starts pointing out things, and I go, that too? That too? Oh, dear. And he starts showing me things, things that I've been blind to. Has anybody besides me noticed you have blind spots in your life? Isn't it odd God didn't create us with rearview mirrors? so we can see ourselves, we can't see ourselves. We're going along fat, dumb, and happy, we think we're really, really good, and your wife is going, I wish that knothead would see that. You know? And he's he's not, he's just going along fat, dumb, and happy, he's good, he's good, I'm walking in Jesus, I'm good, and she's praying for him, oh God, help him see that. Now, lest you think this is for men only, Guys are praying and going, oh, almighty God, would you help my bride see this? Because that's, that's a part of, because no one sees our blind spots like the ones we're married to, right? The ones we hang out with. Our kids, our best friends. They're your best friends, but they're just choosing to overlook those things about you and go. you know, I, I love them. They're kind of crazy, but I love them. A <laughs> little goofy over here, but I love them. And we got blind spots. And Holy Spirit wants to expose those blind spots because the more we allow him to work on those blind spots, the more we have his power in our life. The more we let him work on those blind spots, the greater measure of his power is released in our life. So we are clothed in Holy Spirit power. We have resurrection life living in us, but we are wearing a cloak of God's divine anointing that enables us as an ordinary person to do extraordinary things. God's power. And he, if we're going to live the blessed life, we've got we to live in that dynamic. Would you stand with me, please?